and welcome to Let's Talk Shop, a podcast for the small business owner and creative entrepreneur. My name is Therese and I work as a business mentor helping small business owners with their wholesale. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 11. If you are listening to this episode on the day it's published, I will be at Top Draw. You can find me on the Creature Clothes stand, which is K19. It would be really lovely to meet in real life. So if you are visiting or you are exhibiting, then do come and say hi. It would be so great to see you. This week I'm speaking to Alice from We Built This City. We Built This City is a brilliant independent shop in central London on the iconic Carnaby Street and they stock over 250 artists. I spoke to Alice about how she got started and how We Built This City was first started as a pop-up and that selling artists work has always been at the heart of We Built This City. We also spoke about how Alice and her team curates their range what makes a good supplier, what kind of margin she needs, and so much more. I really hope that you will enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And here's my talk with Alice. Hello, Alice. Welcome to Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I, I love the what you do at We Build This City and how many artists you actually support and give them a place to show their work. And I think that's so great. And I um, think it's also great that you have London themed gifts that people actually want to keep in their home, not, you know, the tacky kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit more about how you got started with We Built This City and about yourself? Yes, of course. Yeah. So, um, so I started the business in 2014 and I'd been actually working for a couple of companies in the arts before that. And the thing that I'd noticed really was I was working for a startup that was, it was actually an online website that was um, a little bit like not on the high street, but sort of had more, more artists involved in it at that time. And one of the things I noticed was that artists were really struggling at that point to actually sell sell enough work in order that they could you know continue creating and making new work and they were sort of you know having a few conversations with me about um I'm having to go to markets and selling my own you know really really basically becoming the business person as opposed to just being able to you know just use their creativity and I felt that was a bit of a shame because I just feel like the city you know London is full of marketeers and people that sell things and I just kind of felt like why are artists having to having to do that um because actually if they could spend more time creating brilliant work um it would be better for all of us so I that was kind of my mission really I was just I pondered for about a year in 2013 like how can I what can I do to help artists essentially but also in quite a crude way Right. How do I actually find? How could we find a way to sell goods and artwork in a sort of? How can we do it in in a in a where we really really drive sales? So like not where you just put something in a shop and you hope it sells over three months, but like could I find a way to really sell work within two or three weeks for somebody so that then they can you know really kind of generate you know lots of new work throughout a year? So I was trying to think of a way to bring a new audience to creatives and one that they hadn't maybe been able to access before. So that was kind of where I started from with the idea. And also it was in 2013 we were like in London we were the I think we were there was an article I saw in Evening Standard about 
we were the most visited city on the planet and that was obviously after the boost of london um olympic games and um and i just suddenly saw this stat which said there's like 16 and a half million people coming into london now a year though and i kind of thought well they're all just going to the west end and getting a bit lost um and going home again <laughs> and and that means and because there aren't many you know creatives really there wasn't at that time there weren't really any stores or platforms that were selling creatives work in the West End it was a real shame because actually all those people coming to London are basically looking for creativity and culture that's why they come to the city but they were you know as a kind of a a takeaway or a souvenir they were being offered um, something pretty basic and so and then I just had this light bulb moment where I was on a bus in Hoban and I looked out the window and I and I saw one of those souvenir stalls and you know nothing against them they have their place yeah. <laughs> in the world and everyone loves the I heart you know NY t-shirts so I, I've always I've always had a lot of affection for souvenir stalls but um but I did look into it and think well this is a shame because it's all you know it's all made in the far east it's very it's actually very expensive for the they have huge margin on most products um, and it's all kind of you know a little bit tacky and doesn't really last and um and actually as a kind of narrative in those stores the the you know there's it's slightly outdated really because london is much more than than just post boxes and you know buses and taxis and and royals and i kind of felt like actually you could the light bulb moment was well i know enough artists that do what you know that have work about london and also they have work that's about london in a different way so in a much more contemporary diverse modern way and and we could tell this kind of i was quite excited because i was like oh we might be able to tell a slightly different story as well at the same time i mean obviously we still sell quite a lot of iconic london you know um uh goods but i just felt like there was a bigger story to tell so yes and then that's really where the where the idea was born from and at the time i was working for a startup and i I just felt like I could, because I'd been in a startup for a couple of years and seen how they operate and I'd learned from the founders of that company that I was sort of ready to, yeah, to go it alone and to do it. So, so that's really how it started. And yeah, now, and now we're five years on, on, on Carnaby Street. So it's been, yeah, it's been quite the journey. <laughs> that's so exciting. I, I suppose there wasn't really many independence shops in the West End. Well, I don't know. No, there's not no, many at there all. Were hardly any. Yeah, and and actually there still aren't. Well, there are more now, but there are. You know, we're, we're all sort of still fighting to to remain in the West End because of how hard it is with rent and rates. But but yeah, and actually one thing I would say is I was really adamant that it had to be in the West End because I kind of felt like if I end up, you know, I didn't have any at the time. I didn't have any funding. Um, I didn't have any money. I didn't. I didn't understand anything about commercial leases or property. Or I kind of just had a sense that I could test this and I could do it as a pop-up shop. And then, and pop-up was a big thing back then. And um, was starting to become a big thing with a peer here and all those people aggregating, you know, units. But but I just I just was really adamant that it had to be in the West End because you know I wanted to test that idea that it, because it was a souvenir. I didn't want to make this difficult for someone to find. I needed it to be on like a really major sort of major destination. And and in a way, think about it not so much as a shop, but more of a tourist attraction. So like, where would that be? So I started to like, to ring fence actually some some areas or sort of you know like I got sort of got a map and was like okay where would this work and really I got it down to sort of Covent Garden and Carnaby Street mainly because of their heritage as places um not only for shopping but that are you know that have this kind of cultural and creative heritage to them and 
then uh, and then it took me it probably took me about six months to work out how that was going to actually work because obviously I don't I, I, I mean even on Carnaby Street back then nobody was doing pop-ups so um, I had no real sense that I would have I, and I was I know I had no um, I was ambitious but I don't think I was that ambitious to think I would end up on Carnaby Street as the first shop but that's a yeah that's a whole other story of sort of thinking about it in a different way so I I just went to landlords instead of going to to big estate landlords and saying you know like this is going to bring the creative community to your street this is going to do all this great stuff and we're going to have you know workshops and experiences and and then so I ended up um yeah getting a, a, a meeting with somebody who looks after Carnaby and that ultimately you know gave us our first store there because they believed in the idea and they realized that actually that was a you know it was a it was a great thing to bring to Carnaby because of its its kind of history and and heritage yeah that's exciting and I think it really fits in with the Carnaby like quirkiness and Mm, stuff yeah and and everyone that visits London that is interested in you know culture and that sort of thing they will visit Carnaby Street yeah and actually um if you I looked in all the guidebooks before when I was trying to choose where to try and you know target I mean, I still didn't really believe it was possible, but I just knew that what I didn't want to do was put it down a put it down a back street and then not, you know, have to spend a huge amount of money and time on PR and marketing to establish it. And then I and because I knew I'd probably only get a short term test of it, I wanted to test test it in a, in an area where I could really say, well, if it doesn't work there, then it's not going to work anywhere. So so that was kind of why I pushed for it. But yeah, Carnaby is, um, so I looked at all the guidebooks and everyone was sort of saying, you know, if you look, it's like, can't you go to Carnaby Street for shopping, but also this is where this, uh, all this stuff happened in the 60s. And I just kind of felt like we can, we could help them tell that story. And through, you know, because obviously we weren't just going to, you know, uh, sell prints of London skylines. Like we wanted to talk about music icons and fashion icons and, you know, who were all, a lot of them still living today, but they were a big part of that scene back in the 60s and 70s. So, so yeah, it's been quite, it's been a really good collaboration with them because they, they just really get what we do and, and really, you know, and have been very supportive of it. And, um, and I think the customer really appreciates coming to Carnaby and having a place where they can sort of experience a bit more of you know what it what it used to be and and what it stands for today yeah and I think visiting a new city now is like all about creating memories Mm. and those memories are not a plastic keychain of (laughs) like you know a London bus maybe yeah yeah Um, you know you would much rather have an art print that of London, for example, you know, or something that you did. Absolutely. And I think remind you of it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what we were starting to see and when we opened it in 2014 was, you know, customers at that point were becoming well were already really um much more discerning. They were trying to buy things with more social purpose. They were trying to buy things that had more of an authentic link to the maker. And and that to me is like, you know, a souvenir, as you say, it's it needs to hold a real memory and the kind of and if you go into a store and you 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 know like ours and you have this kind of you can sense already I think when you're in there that it's somewhere obviously a bit different. But you know, we do a lot of bringing artists into the space to actually either produce work or, you know, create um personalized work and they do you know we have a basement now with um lots of exhibitions all the time and and it's just when you see a tourist come in and they're able to meet an artist and have a conversation with them and also then take something away 
I mean, that's just like the best souvenir going because you've, you know, it is part it, that that's an experience led purchase. It's not just a transaction. And I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what everyone is, is looking to do. And that's why we've tried to always add as many experiential layers into the store as possible because we've never really I've always been completely committed to that as a I've always wanted it to be more than just a transaction because I feel like you can just get that in Tesco's you don't need to <laughs> we don't need to bother doing what we're doing you know so so those all and that's why also we employ in the store you know creatives who either are they're normally grads from creative universities or they've got creative projects or they you know who can talk passionately about um, everything that's going on in there because that's the other I think that's the other thing really to be honest that's missing from retail generally and you know we're all watching it change very quickly at the moment but really it's just there's a lack of humanity in it I think and 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 you are not going to get people out anymore to high streets and to shops when they can do it so easily online the only way you're going to get them out of out of their houses and into these into places is people because that's who you know that's what we are um and so I think that's it's such a key it's such a key thing that we've always felt as well in you know just from having bringing that community together basically not only customers but the people who work there and also the artists and that's that's where this kind of black magic thing happens where everyone leaves really happy (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's something that has come up so much during uh, like this season of this podcast is like how shops how we are changing how we shop and how the only reason to go to a shop now is really because of the experience whether that is because staff recognize you or that you have something to tell you and that's why it's some of the really big shops are failing because they 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 have no personality anymore they no one knows who they are no no exactly and I think and it's funny because everything that we you know I wasn't really I mean five years ago we weren't really thinking about that you know we must be experiential way because I knew that you know we were so busy sort of just setting up what we were setting up but it's funny how all of the things all of the happy accidents all of the things that have sort of worked out because we've got this community of actual people who are genuine and who are, you know, making things and passionate about what they do, because we're sitting on that and people can come in at any time and do workshops or, you know, um, come and meet customers. It's a, it's weird it's like I see all these other retailers and they're having to really force it because they don't you know and and unfortunately I think the customer still feels like oh this is just a bit of a ploy to sell me something whereas what we have is this completely organic thing where you know just I don't know it's it's um I suppose what I'm trying to say is that we had a bit of a blueprint for this five years ago, but we didn't really quite realise that we were, you know, um, we'd stumbled onto that really in a way. Um, But I think now, like if I was to go and advise retailers, my God, like we've got like this manual essentially of how to do this in a way that people really do emotionally connect to um you know to to the experience and I think but the first and foremost thing in that is that the product we sell has inherent meaning in it and I think some retailers you know are just mass producing things and people don't feel good anymore when they're buying things that are they don't know where they're from they're just you know just one of thousands you know people we are changing rapidly about you know how we feel about the world and and how it operates so I think yeah I think it's um I'd actually really love to help like retailers on this because I think there are ways even when you are mass producing things I think there are ways still being a bit more human and 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 creating an emotional kind of experience yeah I I agree and I I actually think even if we talk here about you know the the suffering high street all the time I think retail is super exciting at the moment in the sense where 
everything is going to have to change. Yeah. There is yeah. a big change in the air. Yeah. And that it's going to be so exciting to see what happens in the next three years because yeah. of that change. Yeah. Who's going to survive? Who's going to actually adapt to what the consumer wants? And, you know, it's going to be so interesting to follow along with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing, and, and I don't see it as a negative, weirdly, I just think that this is just change. And, you know, everyone, some, some people, some people resist that, some people go with it. But I think that what's interesting is that we're going to also see places change because high streets are going to have to, landlords are just going to have to open up in new opportunities on in those spaces. And, you know, and although they still want their big rents and and the council wants the big rates like they, that will that will have to change because we can't just you know we can't let everything and, and that's where it's like oh what's sort so then what happens because you know if i just think that, that that britain is amazing because it's full it's essentially it's full of entrepreneurs who want to get out there and do things and i think if they could just open that space up a bit more i think you'd see people come up with some you know really amazing ideas but also some very interesting kind of melting pot ideas of like you know a shop can't be a shop anymore so what what is it you know is it a does it have an ex, you know an interactive arm does it have a cafe does it have a you know what what happens with the whole well-being piece like I just think yeah I just think places will become a lot more diverse and offer a lot more so I, I'm not weirdly I'm not sort of afraid of it I think it's good and it's a good thing <laughs> yeah. yeah no I completely agree I think it's going to be exciting yeah so art is that something that you had a personal interest in before you started this business or um yeah it was actually because I my first job I was in public relations for about five years and one of my clients there was I worked for the arts council and we there was a there's a scheme called own art which allows people to buy kind of a contemporary art but over 10 months um interest free and I, I spent a, about two or three years kind of getting that in the in the press and and sort of helping them develop the program and um and through that I just you know w- when I was quite young really just started to meet loads of artists and go to shows and and I actually started to collect a little bit but like nothing obviously like majorly expensive or anything but just you know just to kind of I just in a funny way like picking art up as a bit of a souvenir really actually at that point you know like going to going mm. to either other cities or shows or whatever and then when we came to open we built the city I I have to say in the early days I was I was sort of thinking about it in with quite a straight souvenir head on so you know magnets mugs tea towels whatever and then I was like oh no but this there's this huge opportunity to obviously bring prints in and actually I didn't know whether people would want art as a souvenir but I did have a feeling that actually it's one of the best things that you can buy because it it lasts forever and you can have it on your wall forever and there's something yeah there's some longevity in it which I really like and so we curated the art collection for the first pop-up and we only had probably about 60 pieces because we had a big shop the first one but we had this sort of gallery area and and I think what I was most excited about was that I hadn't quite realised that in the West End, really, there isn't anywhere to buy affordable artwork. So there was this huge demand as of day one for it. And I was like, oh, OK, I didn't realise this was going to maybe make up 50% of our sales. Um, <laughs> and then and then the other thing that happened was it we picked artwork that was purposefully, obviously, souvenir was as it's, as a accessible as a souvenir so we were picking affordable art prints you know and it was just really lovely to see people come in and think to them I could see on their faces it was a bit like oh is this really for me is this shop for me you know it's like art and design and 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 that that that's my target audience like it was all about bringing in that new audience who maybe didn't always feel like they were maybe confident enough to buy art and design it wasn't quite for them and then I, I just really wanted to get them over the threshold and then and then sort of 
unravel this thing to them so like the you know our prints are sort of anywhere between 25 and, and sort of you know, 150 250 but it, so it's affordable in the sense that you know people would probably presume that artwork is more than that so I used to watch them sort of go up to the gallery wall and be like oh okay I can actually I can afford that and then and then I made it very I was really determined that we would not make this a difficult purchase because I think sometimes art can be very tricky and you might sometimes you have to talk to people about it and it all gets a bit weird and you know so I just wanted to have all of the prints out that you could so you could just really pick it up and actually so that bit was transactional because if someone doesn't want to have a conversation about it then that was okay and also I was aware that a lot of our customers would have English I'm sorry not have English as a first language and that also create would create a barrier so yeah so we kind of and, and it was just a really it was just a really wonderful thing to watch because we, we it was 50 I think it was over 50 percent of what we sold in that first shop and um, obviously great for artists who don't actually also produce their artwork onto merchandise or product and um, and and yeah and just and just the idea that this was going to be you know this was a souvenir that was going to end up on people's walls all over the world so so it was a really it, it's been such a big part of our business ever since but it, it did come from a kind of yeah a love for uh, for collecting myself I suppose yeah and art is such a good conversation starter so it's it is the yeah. perfect souvenir yeah. you can you go home you hang it on your wall and people will ask you about it and you can tell them about your trip but you can remember things yeah it's yeah but it but it, yeah I do think that to there's still an element where it's kind of scary to go and buy art in an art gallery for example exactly and I think there's that, that you know back then because there's there's a lot of websites now online obviously selling you know affordable artwork but before it really just was you know I can't remember was there anything there was a yeah, there are a few like poster stores and stuff, but the rest of it is always slightly out of, you know, feels to a lot of people like it's out of their league or it's all hung mm. in a really quite scary elitist white space somewhere. You know, you've got to you've got to walk through the door and 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 suddenly feel like you've got an opinion about it. And sometimes that's not really what art is. Well, it's not art for me. It's just, you know, you just I just wanted to sort of let people just fall in love with something and then just buy it easily I think that was the that was sort of the game plan yeah and I I didn't know that but so I went to is it the affordable art fair yeah. I didn't know that you can you know buy art and not pay for it all up front until I went there oh yeah yeah that's the own art scheme yeah 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 I, I, so that's interesting and it's just something that makes it so much more accessible it's lovely yeah it's just a, yeah and it should be you know and it should it shouldn't it should just be like any other thing that you know any other the purchase in life really you should be able to everyone I think I think that was really the 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 it's the democratization I guess of arts and and that was what I was most excited about in the early days of We Built City which was that we're going to be able to curate something in a way that also allows people to walk through that door and actually you know really sort of kind of connect with it where you know where they might not have believed they could before but also we did just as a kind of an aside on that we I was also really adamant that we would we needed to use a bit of humor I realized because I wanted people to walk past the store and actually really understand from something quite you know quick and clear that we weren't taking ourselves too seriously so that's actually why the first shot we just I bought all these pigeons these kind of like flocked plastic pigeons in <laughs> <those> <laughs> props and we just lined 
the the windows with them and I just thought because we didn't have a we didn't have a window plan at that point so I was like well I'm just going to do that because actually what it means is that you know people will stop and look because that's something quite funny to look at but also hopefully that will say to them it's okay you know you can come in we're not we're just we're just having some fun with this and I think I think that's a really I think that's actually one of the biggest things I've learned is that humor is a huge kind of what would I call it? It's like a, it's sort of an icebreaker, you know, it's sort of, it gets people talking and it means that they feel comfortable enough to sort of start talking about something they might quite like in the shop or, you know, they want to know a bit more about an artist. But yeah, I think that's been key all the way through, actually. Yeah. And and do you not sell a pigeon in a shop now? Yeah. So, well, no, yeah. So we, so we bought them in as props and then the first, on the launch night, the first thing that someone asked to buy was a pigeon. And I was like, oh God, I haven't even priced them up. I don't even know because I didn't think anyone would buy them. Uh, <laughs> and then we've actually, ne- we've never stopped selling pigeons. They've just been, yeah, it's really funny. I didn't, because re- also there's, and there's a kind of a thing in London between, you know, people who love them, people who hate them. So we have had a few people in saying like, oh God, I can't even come into the store because I hate pigeons so much. So yeah, you have to be a bit careful, but <laughs> but we've sold it. <laughs> We sold a lot of them. And how many artists do you stock now? So we, um, at any one time when you come into the store, you'll see work from 250 artists, um, about that, 200 to 250, which is a lot of artists to manage at any one time. And um, yeah, and we do our best, but it is hard. But but we really feel like the whole, the beauty of the store and the magic of it is in the aggregation of all those people and all of those products. And actually, obviously, in a, you know, in a perfect world, we would just have six suppliers that we could just keep ordering from. But, <laughs> but you know, that really isn't the point of it. So, um, so yeah, we've always managed, actually, we've always managed to get through to sort of, you know, make that work. How, how do you keep up with that? Do you do all the buying yourself but do you have a team how do you manage yeah no so it's not it's not I mean I have a curatorial kind of decision making role on it and I do a lot of research and just because I love it and um you know I'll always be at the trade shows and markets and fairs and stuff to kind of find new talent but yeah so I've got a team of um three on it actually so we've got uh we've got a buyer that just works on kind of gift and souvenirs and then we have someone who works on the art and cards and wrap and then we have another lady who who just helps on the kind of administration side because obviously there's a lot to do on that so so yeah that's kind of it's actually one of our biggest kind of HQ outlays as it were but it's so there's no way we could do it I mean to be honest we probably need six people really but we've but we managed to make it work with three (laughs) yeah well with that many you and especially since you deal with artists you're not dealing with people that do this for their business you know to supply shops as their business so I guess well we do we do actually we work with a mix so I would say like it's a really is that there's actually sort of there's a couple of big suppliers in there you know like book book supplies and people and then we've got the middle layer is like the majority layer is people who have actually taken their artwork and created a business out of it but they are they're very much small businesses or independents and and then we have a layer at the bottom which is sort of people who people who have you know who are creating work but really have full-time jobs and this is kind of a sideline um Mm. and so so those are the sort of three tiers that we work with and and but obviously one of the things that, that we 
you know we we're a retailer but we're really about supporting the creative community so you know we will talk to people and give them feedback about stuff and and some artists don't always know about VAT and you know lots of things so we have to hold quite a lot but I think that sort of feels like our purpose and actually we you know we don't we do our best to sort of keep all of those conversations going but it's no it's nowhere near as simple as just working with some manufacturers who would just place your order and deliver it's like there's 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 a there's a lot of human processes going on which which to be honest I've thought about trying to streamline at points but really it's the essence of of who we are and what we do so we sort of just honor that and and work with it yeah because you also want to have that relationship with those people I suppose absolutely yeah yeah that's where the passion is I guess yeah yeah how do you work with them so do you buy in their stock or do you buy are your artists commission based and how does that work yes in the early days the only way that we because we didn't have a lot of funding in the early days so we did it um we bought in everything that was sort of like a gift or a or sort of uh yeah a product we would we bought in wholesale and then we did the art on commission like gallery but these days we pretty much i would say 75 80 percent is all bought up front wholesale well that's 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 great because you kind of built that up and funded to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah, yes. yeah, no, and we really appreciate the fact that in the early days, actually, the you know artists who allowed us to work with them on on commission essentially helped start it because that was the thing where <laughs> you know we could um, that really kept yeah got, got the ball rolling and um, and yeah and and in the main actually we you know we we have to work to a fairly tight margin just because of our the position that we're on in that street and and our overheads but really we we do you know we've pretty much been able to make it work with everybody and where we you know where we have to go back to someone and say oh that doesn't quite work you know normally there's some wiggle room and we can kind of and sometimes if we love something so much and and there isn't a massive margin we'll still take it because that's what we're (laughs) about really not just you know it's not just about pure commercial um business sense sometimes it's just a creative feeling that you just know something will do really well so yeah so there's a lot of flexibility in how we work with people yeah and if you have such a wide range of types of suppliers I suppose you can get your bit more margin from the bigger suppliers and also like a lot of the time we find that artists tend to obviously undervalue their work so so any any artists that we still work with on commission and they say you know this isn't going to give me enough we just say well there's also some room there to up the you know the the rrp so um so sometimes we have those sorts of conversations and then it works out for everybody so yeah it's um we can really help advise on on a lot of that stuff because we now know the kind of sweet spots for price points and customers and all that kind of stuff yeah and that must be such a valuable thing for the artists to have to be able to come to you and sort of get that yeah advice. yeah we i really feel like that is something actually that we we've just had you know with so much experience now under our belt and and also really understanding actually how other retailers work now because we've sort of met quite a few of them and spoken to people and it and I do think that's something we can offer and actually we're going to be starting a sort of to offer out our sort of um I guess advisory services to artists in a slightly different way so we're going to invite people in to kind of actually do commercial kind of workshops about how to you know how to take your kind of artistic talent but also create it into a, a product um and how you sell that and how you sell that into retailers and, and all the kind of things that go with that so yeah we're gonna we're gonna be stuck we're gonna be doing that in the autumn actually so um i'll send you over the link when it's all ready to go yeah that sounds amazing because i think it's such a question that comes up yeah. all the time you know how do i price myself as an artist or a small maker or a small creator of any yeah. kind that is the biggest thing that people worry about and then they feel well, can I really charge that? I make it at home by my yeah, kitchen table. Yeah, absolutely. 
And a lot of artists fall into the trap of wanting to work with retailers, not getting their not getting their sort of cost base low enough and then having to be squeezed you know when you're selling in and I know some people who are just you know they might be in Liberty but they're not making any money because Liberty have decided that they're not going to give them what they need so and at that point it kind of depresses me because I just think you know it's so much work (laughs) and to not to not get to only to just be able to say oh I'm in Liberty it's not good enough you know it's like we need to you know people do need to to uh to create something that actually gives them the return that they deserve you know so yeah so we're really passionate about helping people with that I think that kills the creativity too because you end up becoming bitter about having to do the work (laughs) and then it takes out the creativity and that is super sad well totally and actually somebody told you know talked to me recently about money and they were talking about it as a they just said you know money is such a weird thing for people to sort of especially when you're creative because you don't really want to have to think about money a lot of the time but actually she was sort of saying to me she's like you know money's an energy and actually if you're not if you're putting something out into the world and you're not getting something back you know because a lot of the time the money is the thing you're going to get back apart from all the other nice things that come with that you know then then it can become a very sort of resentful tiring actually it's very tiring to to work for no money and draining and yeah so I think there's a kind of a we have to and I'm 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 the best person to talk to about this because I basically started a business and was like I just want to do something creative like I don't really you know I'm not really (laughs) in it to make money and then you know you end up down lots of different roads if you sort of don't don't respect money in the in that way and um so yeah but I think it's it's so important for artists to actually also just like talk about it and actually get it out in the open and deal with it head on and don't put anything out into the world until you know you're going to make a profit and you know um there's there's lots of different ways to do that but I think it yeah we need to sort of all start talking about money more which is something that you know society doesn't really do a lot of the time because especially not in this country because it's always a bit awkward isn't it but yeah (laughs) oh it's almost a bit taboo to talk about we talk about other things much more openly than money yeah do you rotate your artists or how you know because you must discover new artists all the time that have amazing work so how do you how do you curate that um so we actually curate on a quarterly basis so we will sit down as a team every three months and basically sit and just look at we just review the the previous collections so we'll see whether anything's sort of struggling a bit or um having a bit of a, a moment and we look to see whether we can improve that ourselves or whether it's just something that's not working and then we look at sort of all the gaps so we look at what what spaces that enables other artists to come into but also obviously we can't have too much of a good thing so we we have to sort of curate around themes and make sure that it's kind of balanced and still telling the right story um and then but then in those three months the buyers will have found you know a whole host of new people to bring in and so and we just kind of juggle things around again and and curate and then we and then we place orders and then we just see how that those three months go but obviously there are occasions and themes that we have to follow within those within each section of the year Christmas obviously we ramp everything up and we normally find more space in the store to to bring more product in and yeah there's been a real sort of just ebb and flow to it that's kind of always worked and um, a couple of times we've ended up with too many products that were similar because we wanted to bring in all those different artists um, and we've had to you know so you're sort of constantly looking at product types versus product narrative in there and that's how we really do it and um, but I would say that everything that we bring together the, the the key things for us are it's got to celebrate London obviously as a you know we, we're trying to keep 
tight around that narrative because otherwise for the customer you start to lose it just becomes a gift shop and we're trying to keep the souvenir element there and we always have done so I we get a lot of submissions mm. and a lot of people say to us we, you know I'd love to be involved but if it's not really about London and it, even if it's wonderful and we love it, it we've got to kind of stick to that so that's the first thing the second thing is that we just look for artistic integrity so um sometimes we see things that look a bit copied from not not necessarily other people but that are just a sort of a bit they're already in the ether as it were like we're always looking for something that's fresh and and kind of um but also is the right side of commercial still which is always the other key one so it's like artistic integrity mm. but also something that actually we know the customer will connect to because sometimes if there's a style that's too abstract or it, a lot of times we see artists come to us with things that are they've got they're just amazingly talented but it's more suited to sort of editorial work magazine work because it's that you know it's illustration that's a bit that, that can sometimes it just doesn't quite work on on, on product for some reason so we, we've learned along the way but we yeah we just tend to look for those three things really so London London theme artistic integrity and then and that it just has to be commercial because as much as we want to support artists it's got to work for them and it's got to work for us because otherwise we wouldn't be able to be there doing our thing so yeah so that that's really that's loosely what it is but I mean my god the things that come through to us is just so brilliant and like we just we just come completely in awe of the fact that we've just never there's never it's like a well that's just like goes on and on and on you can never get to the bottom of it like <laughs> it's just always new stuff coming whether that's from people we've worked with before or just totally new people who walk through the door or you know so there's um there's a really nice sort of flow to it actually and how do you find them did is a lot of it incoming to you guys do people submit via email or come into the yeah. shop or do you go to trade well, shows when when we've got gaps we tend to sort of do very direct research around that so say if we know we need you know a line of homeware that we was always sort of missing we'll we'll go looking um and we obviously go to we're out and about a lot and we and we go and visit people as well in sort of even like open studios and you know more granular stuff but actually i would say 60% of it is people coming to us now because it's just what happens after five years you just have you know people submitting work and also coming into store and having a chat and yeah so it's a, it's a really nice balance I suppose of push and pull um, <laughs> along the way and in the early days I just I didn't you know I just had a hundred I reckon I had about a hundred artists from the you know from that I knew from from my old job really um, and that's how and that's just how it kicked off from the very beginning it was just people that um, I knew of their work and I knew that some of it was London inspired and sort of curated from there really but yeah it's been a lovely sort of snowball ever since. And do you think is that a good way for people do you like that when people drop into the shop like is that a good way to reach out to you guys because I, I, I guess because we all do everything online now a lot of small business owners that I speak to they're kind of worried about going into shops and yeah. you know kind of going into to try to sell their range yeah I guess, and I think I mean I think we're it. sort of an anomaly in that sense because because of who we are and what who we're trying to support we're we you know as long as it's not an absolutely crazy busy day there's always a bit of time just to just mm. to I mean we can't have meetings obviously on a, on the top floor but but we can obviously take samples in and and I just personally think that 
again it's the human connection and it's the that's the way sometimes we'll remember people and we'll you know and, and sometimes I've just literally fed back on the spot and said oh it's so lovely but it's not for us for these reasons and actually in a way that's sometimes quite hard to do but equally it's far more useful for the person for the artist because they're just going to yeah. know and they're going to hear it from the horse's mouth so so we don't actively encourage everyone to come in because I think we would be inundated but but we also <laughs> are aware that we have you know we have to have an email for, for the submissions but it's not something we can go back to every single person on individually which is that which is a bit tricky yeah. because we sort of feel a bit uncomfortable about that about that because we're you know we're, we're, we're there for artists and we don't want to sort of look like we're just ignoring people or they're just getting a cold sort of you know um standard reply back but we do actually check our emails like every week for new stuff and we will get back to anyone that that we you know we love so we're, we're, we're definitely always looking at it the other thing i would say is we're going to also be um in this new store we're going to be doing a couple of open call days a year which just means that if someone does want to come in and actually have a proper chat we've ring fenced in time you know they can just drop in and and come and see us and and we'll give feedback on the spot and and talk to people you know because yes because that that's more of how we'd like to operate it's just sometimes difficult with how many people that we have and how much we have on at any one time but yeah yeah it's a challenge and I'm guessing you get a lot because a lot of people want to be stuck with with you guys because you're it's become such an iconic destination oh, for yeah. small businesses and artists so I guess you get a lot of submissions yeah we do I would say we probably get about we probably get about 60 a week um 60 or 70 a week which is a lot I mean I mean some of it is you know it's not necessarily always personal emails but they are you know they're going to that inbox but yeah so and then we have probably have about we'll always have I mean every day somebody pops in with something <laughs> which is nice <laughs> um so yeah so no I wouldn't I would say to anyone you know who's interested in in stocking with us just um the other thing I would say as a tip is also if you are going to send something through an email just it, it just needs to be clear concise and visual so we just need to see the product before that your product is basically what sells it like all the you know all the things that we say about you know sort of products around it is is one thing but it's really we just want to kind of uh see it in its in its best form so photography is really key and if you you know if people send samples in we're always it's always even better because then you can kind of touch and feel it and understand it in a different way but yeah I mean but we do have people submit and there's no photos and there's no you know and unfortunately we haven't got time to go back and ask them so that that sort of stuff gets lost a bit yeah and and I think some people are afraid sometimes it's like they, they just want to say like is it okay if I send something over but the problem is that's one step too many so it's like just, yeah. just throw it all at us and then you know and and see what we come back with yeah otherwise you can't decide if you're interested at all so yeah exactly yeah so we just and it's just about speed unfortunately because of how fast-paced retail is you know but also you know we've had some people who are really very confident in their product and actually that really does help us as well because you know they've I, I don't know I think I think just confidence is key generally isn't it but but there's sometimes when there's a lot of nervousness about things then we get a bit like oh is this gonna work or you know um and so yeah, yeah just just coming in with you know with bags of um passion and and um we'll always you know I mean actually sometimes we've just taken things where sometimes we're not even we love the person so much I mean the product maybe isn't 100% right <laughs> but we'll take like 10 and just try it and because that just helps someone doesn't it it helps someone just feel like I've tested it and you know with a store and it's not always you know all, all the skin off our nose so um so yeah so sometimes we can be yeah. really really flexible with that yeah I guess you have being on Carnaby Street at least you have 
football hopefully on you you know from that sort of visitors that want to go to Carnaby Street yeah yeah and yeah we have about um we have about on a slow day we'll have about 1500 people in um and then that ramps up a lot on the weekend so we've yeah we've seen I mean like it's got to be thousands of that I mean just hundreds of thousands have been through the door now so I would say that's the one thing that you know we're so proud of being on that street but really the the joy of it is that you have tourists you have London locals who are very you know who are quite affluent and who are really into creative stuff because they're all at creative agencies in Soho and doing fun things and um and it's this really really great mix of customers for the product um we've we've done pop-ups elsewhere and they've never quite they've never quite taken off to the same degree and I think it is this sort of magical mix of people that you get on Carnaby Street but the brilliant thing is is that we just don't it's just every day it's just new audiences every single day you don't have to rely on locals you know it's just it's just people wandering in on their holidays so it's it's made our marketing lives a lot easier I would say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I guess you could if you do test something if you're not quite sure you would get a really quick read if it's going to work or not yes and that is very true yeah so we only need to have some we can probably tell in about two to three weeks I mean we'll we'll change things around with it in that time but yeah we can work it out from there quite quickly yeah Um, yeah. and we talked a little bit about margin and stuff Mm. but what kind of base margin like you know, do you what need? Do you think is something that you know artists and makers need to be able to offer retailers? Yeah. So our margin, I don't know how we stack up against other people because I know that margins are a lot higher where people aren't dealing with artists and designers. But we've always just been aiming for sort of sixty percent. So so you know two point three the wholesale basically price and two you know once you once we're dealing with VAT and everything you know two times isn't really enough. But but you know and but some products are you know up to about three times. So so yeah it's that's what we that's what we sort of need to survive. So where, where we can make more obviously we'll try and that's sometimes from bigger suppliers that that have a better margin yeah but ultimately we're really aware also that if things are made in the UK you know there is a cap on that because the whole point of you know if you make it in the far east then obviously you're going to get a big margin but that's not really the point of what we're trying to do so so yeah we try and work within those parameters yeah and what what makes a good supplier to you like what that you want to continue I mean of course they have to sell but you know what what can they do to make it easier for you guys the first thing i would say is packaging because we because our customer is basically only thinking about how they're going to put this thing in their suitcase and so where we have people like who have mugs or ceramic and it's not boxed it's sort of you know it puts the customer off then we have to think about or is it worth us bringing in the packaging and you know and so when you see something that's just beautifully packaged and is like robust and you know it's going to survive a journey back to you know the other side of the world then you just get excited because it's like that's the full that's the full deal you know Um, and I do understand packaging is difficult because it puts you know it is another cost um, for the product but but it's worth doing I think people who deliver quickly are the best (laughs) and only because because our lead times is ridiculous and we don't we don't work like other retailers so we don't we do you know we curate obviously every three months but we're just we we because of our independent status we don't have the ability to put in massive orders so we are having to reorder a lot and then if there's six week lead times it's all very tricky so so you know some people sometimes we can just order from somebody and like within two days it's in there and you're just like you just love those people but that's because but I'm not saying that that's an absolute you know prerequisite because what we're doing is it is a bit strange the way that we do things still five years on but um and and the other thing to say on that is that we don't 
when we take stock at the beginning, we can't really work to large minimums. So where people don't give us a minimum, it, it helps us because sometimes we just want to take 20 of something and see what happens um, in the early days. And then, you know, and obviously some people put like a £500 minimum order spend. And But because we've got to, because we've only got a certain amount of budget and we've got 250 people, we've got to be, we have to just buy in those smaller quantities a lot of the time. So an understanding around that is good. And um, well, at least some flexibility around their rules, I suppose, if they have, so like, like I lot know a lot of people I work with, they have a minimum, but if yeah. they wanted to yeah. be stocked in somewhere, they would completely be flexible. Yeah. And we're always really honest with people. And we just say, look, we, we're pretty sure this is going to work. And our next order will be probably of that size, but we just can't, we can't take the risk in the early days. And the only other thing I would say is lots of suppliers create new work and don't ever tell us so um so then we have to we sort of find it at trade show whatever but it's really worth because we're always looking for new stuff it's really worth you know uh really keeping in touch basically and just having that relationship and throwing new stuff over because um sometimes we're just like oh someone's all you know produced a whole other london line of something and we didn't know about it so yeah so that that, that's the other thing that i would say the three things really i think that's also tricky when you're a small business owner you're the creative and you're not necessarily salesperson and I sort of say it's much easier to keep a you know an existing supply uh, stockist happy by keep showing them your new work than getting a brand new stockist but some people feel like it's too salesy sometimes maybe yeah yeah no I do see that and I and that's you know and it's something that we're we're really aware of we don't want to make anyone feel like they're sort of yeah like because I think that it does come from that place it's like a kind of nervousness to sort of push and and sell but equally like you know it's just worth doing because because we you know yeah yeah. (laughs) if no one knows about it it's not going to sell no 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 and we're so bad at finding you know at finding things sort of because there's just so much coming in and so much to do so it just it just helps us if it can come direct to us but yeah yeah and you just moved into a new shop yes as well yes yeah yeah three weeks ago quite a lot bigger I guess yeah it's a lot bigger um so we we had a lease on our previous unit until next year and and we just decided to move because just it was a sort of another happy accident actually with the landlord um they needed our unit back for something so we so they offered us to go to the the bigger store next it was actually just one store on um it was like the old pretty green on carnaby yeah so we're going to be there until the end of our lease and i don't um i actually don't know quite where we're going to go after that but um but we you know we've been on the street for five years and we've we've tried leases and they are very expensive and they enable you to establish a business but but we may actually well go back to sort of more of a pop-up model um in the future just because what we need to start doing is protecting the the you know our real mission and our real mission is to basically support the creative community so we can't we actually can't take huge risks on sort of rent and rates and leases anymore and we just want to stay we want to stay relatively flexible because what we've realized is that we're also very good at setting up shops very quickly um, because we've done so many now so um so what we'll put we'll, yeah. we'll be there with in you know for the foreseeable future but we've also had a conversation about potentially you know uh, just moving around carnaby again for a little bit um if needed because it doesn't really you know as long as we have a space that's big enough and 
that we can do our thing in it, you know that's really it's fine that we can we can make it work because people ultimately the product and the artists are the, are the most important thing at that you know in in the store so the, the actual unit itself doesn't always matter and um and we've also established ourselves for so long on carnaby that actually i was always obsessed sort of three years ago with like oh, we must have a permanent address and we must build on that one address but actually most people will walk up and down that street and find us so it's not a long street and it's not difficult to walk down because there's no cars so yeah <laughs> so we're gonna ride over that but also next year we i can't sort of say because um because they're all uh sort of clients of ours but we we actually have a consultancy that we run behind the scenes for other brands and because they've seen what we do and they love the artwork and they love what we sell and they want to commission their own merchandise for their own for their own business and um, we've helped lots of people along the way so we did a shop with Bassy Paris station and we've worked with hotels and restaurants and creative agencies and all sorts so we're going to continue doing that because it's another great way to help artists because ultimately you know sometimes with these projects you get to call an artist up and say right they want you to do a huge mural and you know there's a big fee for it or they want you to do a massive collection and it's it's you know it's bigger than we could even order in in the shop that we have so so we're going to continue doing that we've got a couple of fun projects coming up next year to do that and um and i think it's also our you know our ability to do pop-ups now and, and know how to create them bring them together is also something that we can now offer to other people yeah. But still, obviously, involve you know the, the creative community in that. But you know, sort of just yeah, spread our wings a little bit more, and not just you know maybe also not just be about London and be about some other other places as well. That's exciting, and you know, you you will still that's still at the heart of your business of helping yeah, artists. Yeah, it's it's definitely the one of the core. It's the core thing, really, and um, and it's just you know all businesses are sort of like you just got to you you sort of as long as you don't lose sight of that, then then the decision making is is you know throughout is a lot easier. And I think we have sort of maybe in the past not lost sight of it, but but felt like oh gosh we're on Carnaby and we've got to like operate in a certain way and you know and like my old sort of corporate mindset came back to my old PR days and 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 then I sort of had this wake up call a couple of you know about a year ago and I just realised. No, actually, the most important thing is the creative community and that we continue to generate sales for them. And actually everything else, you know, mm. is um is it's just not as important. So we can run it in it, we can run it in any way that we want. And ultimately it doesn't have to sort of fit a mold, a retailer mold. So yeah, so I feel like after five years it's gonna be nice to sort of yeah, uh, feel our way a little bit more and spread our wings and do some really fun other projects for a bit. But but we will, you know. Our ambition is to remain on Carnaby because of that, as I said, the magic kind of customer that we get there. Mm. And what would you, what advice would you give someone that is new to wholesale? Um, what would I say? I think just be, I think, you know, it's a bit of a minefield and and pricing and, you know, working all that kind of, all that business stuff out. I, I think I would say like reach out to people who've done it. I feel like the creative community is one of the most like, they just everybody wants to share and help everyone in in London's creative community and that's what mm. you know we really felt we really know that from the last five years so people want to help people want to you know share advice on suppliers and pricing and you know not everyone's probably going to give you the buyer's name at liberty but you know you're gonna you, there's definitely people you can call on um, and also obviously call on us and to, to ask for any advice go to retailers I mean that, that's the best way to do it as well but but I would just say be 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 brave and bold because I feel like I think sometimes people can do it all get it all set up you know have a whole range or a collection and then and then get a bit nervous of of, of what that actually means and how to get that into certain places mm. and I think you've just got to I think just just what we did in the early days even with the in, with Rebuilt the City was 
throw everything at it for the first you know like we had that eight week shop and I was like I mean I didn't sleep for eight weeks but I was just because I just wanted to know I wanted to push all the boundaries as much as possible on what's you know on what I could do with it so that meant bringing artists yeah. in and trying experiences and storefronts and gazettes and, and we you know we really did, 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 did everything so I just think I just think go for it and also just get a bit of a name for yourself so really get you know make sure people know who you are because it is quite a crowded space as well and um and I think it is worth just turning up at top door to be honest and or, or a show like that and spending the money like find the money for that because otherwise it's a slow road in and I just think you know when we go to those shows we're desperate to meet new people we're just desperate because we see the same people all the time so if, if you're new you know you can really you can really start getting your name out there and um and there's something quite solid I think about a trade show that just puts you on the map you know so it gives a bit of credibility instantly doesn't it it just yeah, makes I mean, you faking it aren't we so we make it, it puts you in front <laughs> yeah. of people yeah um, you know I mean when I pitched we built the city to the landlord I had to very much pretend that this was already a thing but it was just a logo and an idea on a <laughs> on a presentation but I just I, I've always thought that about you know your your pitch to the world should always just be kind of as bold and big as possible and and have a sense that you are you know semi-established already because that's going to give buyers confidence that you can fulfill that you can work with them that you can you know produce a great product so yeah I think that'd be my advice yeah and uh uh, finally, can you tell us a brand that deserves a shout out, another retailer that you think is doing a good job at the moment, and um, if there's any product find you have found that you are excited about for autumn? Oh, okay, yeah. So um, the brand that I'd give a shout out to is Arc, which is a um, a company. I think they're based in Cambridge, but um, they're, they're an amazing team of people who create really like beautiful and um very very unique and individual leather goods and um and we've just I just, I just want to shout out to them because I just think that they've taken something actually that's very specific and very unique as a style but they've made it commercial the price point is really good and it really fits with our customer because they're looking for something that is you know um that is a bit different that sets them apart again as you say a bit of the conversation starter and um yeah and it sells really well and also they have you know they have like uh they have it's a bit cheeky so some of it has um it's just a very you know like got, got like key rings with boobs and willies on and but they've just done in the <laughs> right way so that it just has humor and people love it and it's still really classy and sophisticated so i just think they're they're crossing a lot of um boundaries and getting it right that would be my shout out what was the second one sorry oh another retailer well do you know what i i'm not much i'm actually not much of a consumer but i do go out and um, <laughs> i do go out to you know on some inspiration trips and uh, this is probably a bit of a boring one but I have to say I'm absolutely like so in love with what Lush do um because I think I I hadn't actually realized the whole story about Lush until about a year ago and um and if you go into their Oxford Street store I mean it is literally a masterclass in customer service I've never known anything like it you you you, li- you mm. leave with three new friends because you've just like you because they're not <laughs> they don't talk to you like you're someone to, you know they're just to buy something they're, they're there to, you know they, they want to make you their friend and that's always been a big thing for us in the store as well and I just think everything about you know their ethics and I, I do think the CEO's a bit mad and some of the things he does with the <laughs> with kind of like campaigns is a bit <laughs> odd. but but I just think I just think at that point the freedom you know building a business to that kind of scale and that success I think the freedom to be able to make a stand about things is actually 
you know, it is actually, there is a fine line to it, but it is what retail is probably going to have to do as well. So it's not just about experiences, but it's about getting behind causes and that, the, but where you can really, really stand behind them and say that, you know, this is, this is us because also our product follows suit and not, not everyone can do that because it's tricky, you know, but, but I think Mark who, you know, is the CEO, I mean, I think he's just amazing. And um, so that would be my shout out for a retailer. And then, oh, autumn. I'm so excited about Christmas, particularly in this space, because I feel like there's going to be some really, there's just a lot more we can do in this space with product lines. So I won't say. Yeah, you have a corner unit. So you have a lot more space. Double the football. Um, Yeah, we've got this upstairs space that we're going to open for Christmas. And so, and up there, actually, we're going to be doing, we're going to be selling kind of slightly more, putting in a bit more fashion t-shirts and also some furniture and homeware. Just lines of things that we haven't really been able to do before because of our space and mm. so um there's one guy who makes this amazing he takes like mid-century furniture and puts really graphic art designs on on um on his work on on oh, sorry on the vintage kind of pieces and we're actually going to work with him and he's going to they're they're one-offs and he's going to drive them to us from I think he's based in Manchester and um and I'm just quite excited to see what we can do with sort of you know with homewares and um because I think there's a really specific our customer really specifically wants really fun out there stuff which we're having quite a lot of fun sourcing at the moment like neon lights (laughs) and you know all that kind of stuff so so yeah that's probably what I'm most excited about and what's his uh, what's his business oh he's called he's called pop you lux vintage I think I'm really sorry I didn't I didn't write his uh name down but yeah but but come to the store in September and you can see it all. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and yeah, and a really, it's kind of like art in furniture form. <laughs> it totally you know? is. It totally is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what really caught my eye because I, I actually found that on Instagram. But you, you just know it's like you have a radar now. It's like you just know that when you see something, why it's going to work. And um, and they are really these pieces are quite out there. But I just think we have a customer for them, and that's. You know, that's where you get a massive kick because you're like, oh, we, we, you know, I could go to him with confidence and say we're going to sell these for you. So, yeah, that'll be exciting. That will be super exciting. And how can people follow? So if you're not if, if you're not based in London, how can people find you? So we are we have a website and we sell everything online that we have in the store. Um, pretty much 99 percent of it is on is online. And we also have actually some online exclusives that we don't have in the store. And yeah, and we're on, um, you know, you can follow us also on social media on instagram facebook and we deliver also from the online store we deliver all over the world as well and we do quite a lot of kind of free shipping bits in the year as well so so keep your eye out for those but yeah that's probably the best way of of following us if you can't come into the store itself and i guess when you are in london go and seek it out yeah do yeah we're on the corner at the other end of liberty the opposite (laughs) end of liberties (laughs) it is yeah Yeah. (laughs) well Thank you so much. I will pop all the links to your social media and your website in the show notes and everything. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really enjoyed it. It's been great. Yeah, no, it's really, um, it's always, it's always really like uh, a great experience to kind of talk through it all and, um, and share as much as possible because that's, yeah, that's what we're really about. So um, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Alice. And thank you to all of those of you who are listening. I really, really appreciate it. I can't believe we're already episode 11. There's only 12 episodes in the season, so next week will be the season finale. I really loved putting this podcast together, and I would love to hear who you would like to hear from in season two. 
And if you would like to be on season two, you can apply by clicking on the link in the show notes. I plan on recording season two in October and I would love to hear from you. If you would also take a minute to rate and review this podcast and if you are enjoying it, it would be great if you would subscribe too so you don't miss any future episodes. Please show me where you are tuning in. I really love seeing this and please remember to tag me. I'm small underscore business underscore collaborative. I will be back next week for the season finale and I will be speaking to another buyer and business owner of one of my favorite online shops. So I hope to see you then and I hope that you have a really good week. Thank you for listening.